0: Today is Baptism Sunday. Wow! I, I can't tell you. I was brought to tears in the first service. This room was totally packed out. We had um, we had ten people get baptized. We had we had th- check me out three people in the service give their life to Jesus. Two of which came up at the end to get baptized, and one of the. <laughs> So amazing. And one of the the guys who came forward to give his life to Jesus and then said, I'm ready to get baptized, his wife was back there crying and just saying, I mean, God just radically changing a family. Come on, somebody. That's what it's all about. Just changing families. And so I know that's going to happen again today. I believe people are going to give their life to Jesus, and so, so church, I want the Christians begin to even pray towards that end right now, that if anyone in this room does not know Jesus, by the end of this service, you're going to know him personally, and then you're going to have a chance to join the others who are here to publicly display what God has done on the inside. Amen? All right. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to talk about baptism today. We need to understand we need to have an understanding of baptism and know that this is more than just, you know, getting dunked because that's what people do in, in, in church, right? I mean, you, you, say, you say yes to Jesus, you fill out the card, then they wet you, and then everything's good, right? Then you get to go to heaven. A little more to it than that. And so we want to really biblically find out what this thing is all about, and we see it modeled by Jesus. So if, if Jesus modeled it, I mean, it might be important. Not only did he command us to be baptized— and to baptize, but he modeled it for us. Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says this, in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I told the first service that was his one and only message. I mean, can you imagine if I came here every week and I just had one message? Repent! (laughs) For the kingdom of God is at hand. Y'all be like, man, we got that one last week, and then we we got it. We repented. Move on. But John the Baptist was crazy. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. You're going to see a little later in these verses just how crazy he was. Verse 3 says, For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. I told you he was... Come on, he was committed. Then, <laughs> he took his fast seriously. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptizing by water in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw... Many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. I could preach that verse right there because what he's basically saying is, let your life reflect your confession. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Let your life reflect your confession. That's, that's, convicting for all of us and do not presume to say to yourselves we have Abraham as our father for I tell you God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees every tree therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire he's got a he's got a hard message as John the Baptist does verse 11 I baptize you with water for repentance but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on, somebody. That's good stuff right there. His, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Look at verse 13. Then Jesus came. Come on, have you, are you thankful for those three words right there? Then Jesus came. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John and to be baptized, and John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented, and When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Church, would you pray with me for a moment? Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for uh, the fact that we can be completely forgiven completely set free today because of what Jesus accomplished for us 2000 years ago on the cross. It's simple. It's faith in Christ Jesus alone. I thank you for the foundation that we have that it's firm. I thank you for the anchor that we have that will hold us and keep us and for the eternity that we have to spend with you. Lord, I thank you for every single person that's going to come today to be baptized and to show the world that they're sold out for Jesus. We thank you for that that you get all honor and all glory. In Jesus name and everybody said Amen. today we want to answer the question why water baptism why water baptism why do we do this why are we about to dunk people underwater I mean if you didn't know any kind of biblical context or you were you didn't grow up in a Christian home you could think that's kind of weird like really you've got all these people that gathered here together today and they're gonna watch somebody dip somebody else all the way underwater and then they all cheer like what is that all about a little bit weird we need to understand the why behind why we do this. Um, I don't know how many of you have kids, but I have four kids. And, and, and with, with four, and my oldest is 11 years old. And so 11 years of parenting, you know how many times I've said the words, because I said so. No, no, daddy, but why do we have to do this? I don't, I, why are we doing Because. I said so. Now, you, to be honest with you, is sometimes it's just we're, we're in a moment where I don't have 15 minutes to sit down and explain to every single kid personally why you can't stay up till 1 a.m. eating Skittles and not brush your teeth, because that seems like a great idea to you. And they're like, "But we don't understand why." I don't have time for that. Just because I said so. Come on, parents, you don't look at me like y'all do it too. Like, I just don't have that time right now. Just do it. I'm your dad. Just just obey me. Sometimes we can treat Christianity like that. And sometimes we we go into things that Christians do just because, well, God said so. See, I've been trying to, to really, when I can, explain to my kids why. Because I believe when we really understand why you can't stay up till one and eat Skittles, When it's a school night, and I've got to be the one to wake you up in the morning. See, when I can explain stuff, I feel like I'm setting you up to make wise decisions on your own. So that when you're 18 and you move out of the house, you're like, Well, I ain't got him there to tell me anything anymore. I can do whatever I want. No, I want to help them make wise decisions. So I want to help explain the why to them. And I want to explain the why to you this morning on why do we do this thing called baptism. As a matter of fact, uh, Jesus gave the church, which is you and I, two what we would call ordinances, two, two things that, that Jesus said, hey, I'm going, and you're going to gather together, and you're going to be the church of Jesus Christ. And, and I want you to do these two things. I want you to do these two things you know, often, and don't forget, you have communion, and you have Baptism. Communion is representative uh, in identifying with with the the shed blood of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and and his, his body that was broken. And baptism represents the new life that we come up now as new believers. We have been saved, and we have newness of life, and there's a freshness, there's a peace that overcomes us. Both of these ordinances are really all about Jesus see in the church sometimes we can make things about us and there is an element there is an element that we are we are celebrating with everyone who's going to get in this water in just a few moments and we are cheering for them we're saying we're with you but but our cheering and our celebration does not stop at them It rolls up one more time to praise and focus and honor and glory to Jesus. Because baptism is is about the amazing sacrifice, the saving sacrifice that Jesus made for you and for me. That's what it's really about. And so is it a celebration? Yes, it is. Are there going to be people who are probably moved to tears? Probably. First service, man, you could j- there was so much Holy Spirit in the room. I just thought, I don't know how much more we could take. It was just like you could sense people just the moment of saying, man, man I, was, I was a wreck. And here in this moment, in front of all of these people, I don't even care. I, I'm just here to say, I love Jesus now. And I'm going public. That's really what this is all about. This is the going public. This is the going public. So we're not talking about religious ritual here. This is not about tradition or church history. Um, it's primarily about Jesus and his work of salvation on the cross of, of Christ. Let me ask you a question because we're just going to... Yeah, I want to teach you a little bit today, and, and, and I, I don't, I, I'm not going to preach long. You've heard preachers say that before. <laughs> but I do want to really help you get an understanding about baptism. Believe it or not, there's a lot of confusion There are whole denominations who believe that you are not really saved until you are baptized. Well, let me ask us, Generation Church, what is it that saves us? It's faith in Jesus. And baptism does not save you at all. Let me just throw that out there. And I'm going to explain why that is. I'm going to explain what baptism is. But but, but let me illustrate to you. You know, Jesus, when he was on the cross, he had two people, one on his right and one on his left. Well, one of the people up on the cross with Jesus looked at him and said, man, I believe. Like, this is wrong. You're the son of God. And he put his faith in Jesus. You know what Jesus didn't do? He didn't say, oh, man, I'm so thankful that you did that. But we're going to have to have a time-out break right now. Guards, we, we really need you to, uh, we got a time-out. He just got saved, so we're going to need to get him down real quick. And if we could just assist him down to the Jordan, and somebody just needs to baptize him real quick, we can put him right back up there. But he just needs to get baptized so that he can be with me in paradise today. That's not what Jesus did, was it? Why? Because baptism doesn't save anyone. It is a public statement, and he did command us to do it. But the saving comes through Jesus. Jesus looked at that cross with blood, with blood pouring down him and, and, and nails in his arms and legs and said, today you will be with me in paradise. When you take your last breath in just a few moments, we're going to be together in glory. Come on, it's Jesus. It's just Jesus. But we want to ask, what is baptism then? And here we go. I'm going to give you three things that baptism is scripturally, and then we're going to, participate, and, um, and just get to observe what God's going to do with those who've come to get baptized. The m- number one is this. Baptism is an action of obedience. It's an action of obedience. I've talked a little bit about that, but in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, Jesus is kind of giving his final declaration to his disciples, and he's saying, you know what? I'm about to go, and I'm going to give you some instruction that you would do as I go. And he tells them, he says this in Matthew 28 19. He says, Now I want you to go and I want you to make disciples of all nations. That should be the the, the theme of every church. We don't want to just see people get saved, we want disciple people. We want to grow them in their faith in who Christ is. But then he says, I want you to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. So, baptism, very simply and first and foremost, is an action of obedience. Jesus modeled it and he commanded us to do it. I always tell people that are getting baptized just because I think sometimes when we look back on history, it helps us understand the present a little better. You see, um, back in 64 AD, in Bible times, Rome actually uh, burned down, and, and Emperor Nero blamed the Christians, and so at that moment, really persecution ramped up for believers. And it wasn't until about 312 AD, when, when Constantine was said to be in a battle, and he had a vision of a cross. And in that moment, it is said that he was converted and and actually obviously made Christianity legal. Because before that, if you were a Christian, it was illegal and you would be put to death. There was persecution for us to gather into a room like this. We would have had to be fearing really for our life and, and wondering, you know, if people find out, we could be persecuted. And so they, just like we... Say, man, we, we just gave our lives to Jesus. What's next, guys, in their room where they were gathering secretly as to not be, be, be heard or seen, if, and people don't know what they're doing. And, and you know what the next thing was that they would say back then during the persecution days? You got to get baptized. They, they didn't have a pretty little tank like this that they put underground. You know where they did it? They went out in public in the Jordan and in the lakes And you know what? People would be there and they'd be washing their clothes and they'd be bathing and it was it was fishing and there would just be people down there. And so to get baptized in those days was a sacrifice because, you know, I read stories of business owners and and people who would who would willingly just go say, I don't care what this costs me. If this is what Jesus commanded me to do, then I owe him everything. And so I'm going to be obedient to him. And they would walk out into that water and everybody looking at them would say, that's a follower of Jesus right there. Some would lose their businesses. Some kids would be persecuted. Some put in prison and some even killed for publicly declaring "Man, I don't really care what anyone thinks. My life is the Lord's. This is the importance of baptism. And I know for us, this, the obedience of this is a little different for them, but it's the same principle. So it's an action of obedience, but it's also an action of Identification. It's an action of identification. You see, a couple, probably 10 or 12 weeks ago, I, I broke my arm right here and, and had a cast for a long time, and my wrist and my hands swolled up. And so I wasn't able to wear my, my, my wedding ring, which my wife wasn't thrilled about. Um, but, but let me ask you this. The fact that I'm not wearing a wedding ring, does that mean I'm not married right now? Uh-uh. Ladies, just get to stepping. I'm just being serious. Where's my wife at? I'm just, just, just telling you. I'm taking. And as soon as I can. As a matter of fact, she said, we've got to go get you a wedding ring. And I don't care if we've got to buy a new one that fits you. I'm going I'm to get my wedding ring back on. And what does that wedding ring say? All it says, it, it, it's not what makes us married. Oh, but it lets everybody know I'm, mar- I'm married. So, ladies, you come stepping up up here and you see that ring, you better just keep on walking. Right? I mean, think about it. It's, a, it, it, it's an identifier. It says, "Whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. They are they are tied together to someone else. I I I, I don't. I'm not even going to approach them, ladies. You know, guys. You know when you when you're looking for a, a man or a woman, and and, and the, what, what's the first glance you're going to glance at that hand? But like, well, I mean, they look good, but let me see that hand. They taken right? You're looking for a ring, a symbol of identification." And this is what baptism is. It's an action of identification. It's a, it's a public display of personal commitment. That's what your wedding ring is. It's a public display of your personal commitment to your spouse. And it tells the whole world. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go. And I'm, I'm taking, get to step it. Here's what I love. It's an action of identification. It's us identifying with Christ, but there's also an element of Christ identifying with us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of god in christ jesus god has identified with us in jesus imagine for a moment with me that that jesus in heaven in all of his majesty and all of his glory would be willing to come down to this dirty earth and be bit on and mocked and ridiculed and his symbol of identification was two wooden beams that were put together and as he hung there on that tree bloodied and beaten he was saying I identify with my people I love them it was a symbol of love an act of love the ultimate act of love the cross of Jesus many of you have them around your neck What is it? It's an identifier. The cross around your neck is not what actually saved you, but it it represents something. The cross was his public declaration of his love for us. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that Christ has identified with me. He said, I'm not embarrassed by your issues. I'm not embarrassed by your failures. I paid for those. I wasn't embarrassed to come down into the mud and grab you out and actually become sin so that you could share in the glory and in the righteousness that we have. Oh, he was not too embarrassed to do that, just like these who are going to come in front of everyone in this room. We're not embarrassed. They want the world to know Jesus is my Savior. This is what baptism is. It's an identifier. It's an action of identification. Lastly, it's an action of renewal. What do I mean by that? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Oh, I like that word because it doesn't mean better or improved. It means totally new. How many of you know, you, did, you didn't need to be better? Talked over here for a second. <laughs> you didn't need something that would make you better. I don't know. Maybe I'll just talk to my, I know for me as a 21-year-old and, you know, just, just just lost as I could be, I was not looking for something that could just improve on my own swag. Oh, I, this Jesus thing, man, that's, I like that. I'm going to just take that one and add it to my belt. Make me a better person. Oh, you need to understand the gospel is not about making you better. It's about making you new. And let me explain something to you. This is exactly why here at our church, and I'm not in no way downing any denomination or religion. We don't sprinkle here. And again, not downing anything. I'm just saying, and, and let me explain to you why. First of all, we see modeled in scripture that that disciples who were baptized had to first have a clear understanding of the saving work and the forgiveness of the cross of Jesus Christ. We, we don't do that to babies. Here's what we do. We dedicate babies unto the Lord. We'll have babies up here on our stage, and the parents will come up here, and we'll bless them and dedicate them unto the Lord. But when they get old enough to make a conscious decision to follow after Jesus Christ, they will be baptized. Not sprinkled, because going all the way under represents total wholeness, total cleansing. I don't need to be sprinkled of my sin. I need to be washed of my sin. Come on, somebody. I, man, I, if it, I just didn't let the whole thing go down. Going down under the water represents the old nature. It represents your old life. It represents what I used to live for. And when you see these faces, when, that, when they come back up out of that water, and the presence of the Lord is on them, that is a clear representation of newness of life, that the old has become new, that the dark has become light. It's an action of renewal. You see, the religious crowd of Jesus Day, they, they wanted to add the good teachings, the teachings they liked about Jesus. They're like, well, I like this one, telling people to give to the church, and you got to love your neighbor, and you got to do, oh, we like that. We'll take that one. I don't like you talking about that dying to yourself and like, you know, the first will be last. Ooh, we don't like that. You can keep that one. What were they trying to do? Better themselves. What was Jesus trying to teach them? You don't need to be better, you need to be reborn. And you, everyone in this room, you must be born again. You must be born again. Listen, almost 37 years old 17 years ago now the years just keep going by 17 years ago coming to a place in boot camp where I knew I needed a savior God showed up and it was simple yes I don't have this figured out. I had not been to Bible college. I had not been to, I had not, I, all I knew was something inside of me said, I'm not good in and of myself. I've tried and I've tried to fill this void with so many different things, and here I am at a place of emptiness. Jesus, I just need you because you can fill this void. And I released my faith to him, and forgiveness of all my sins came and was mine, and I was washed, and cleansed, and forgiven, past, present, thank the Lord, and future. Church, we have been seated positionally with Christ, declared righteous. This is who we are. This is so much more than just coming together and drinking coffee on Sunday mornings. The reality of what Christ did, the reality of our future, the reality of all those who are going to come here, the reality of their future being sealed, being reborn, brought into the kingdom of God. It's amazing. Church, we can never lose that. I don't care how big we get. I don't care. I don't care what God does. We will never leave the simplicity of the foundation of what Christ has done for us. The blood of Jesus washes our sins. His body was broken for our healing and our wholeness. And I don't know about you, church. I'm going too long right now. That's okay. Listen, I don't know about you, but when I'm at my lowest and I feel the pressure and the weight of life, I, I'm not looking for some theological answer. I Man, I'm going back to the simple faith of the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm just going back. And I'm, listen, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. And we come back to Him and we just say, God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful there's forgiveness for me today, and I I know it was there for me yesterday, but I need it again today. And I'm so thankful for the grace that you've poured out in my life, the peace that you've given me. And isn't he so faithful, church, to always just give us grace, give us peace every time. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. I want to share just briefly I wish I could share of all the stories of everyone who's getting baptized. We just don't have the time for that, but I want to just share two. First, Lakeisha was baptized this morning, her and her, her daughter and her son. It was so beautiful because she, she came last year and um, single mom, looked a little timid, didn't really know very many people, and then she got in Anita's B group. And it was all over. And she has come to life. I want to tell you something. She sits right here every week and, and, and see, I was able to play. Um, I used to play up here with the worship team every week and, and, and I was able to do it last week and it was so good because I got to look out. And I'm, I'm just telling you, Lakeisha, she, she did not care about what y'all were doing. She was lost in the presence of her Savior, just worshiping God just happy to be in his. And I just love, I I just love to watch that. The innocence of pure worship going forth, Thanksgiving going up. And then her, to see her daughter and her son come and to get baptized in the first service was amazing. And then we have a family who's, we met because every second Friday we send a team, we go out into the streets and into some of the neighborhoods around here. And you've heard us talk about this before. We just show up and get out with chips and drinks and just pray for people and let God show up and we met a family as a matter of fact the first night that we went the first house we went to was Tyler and his family and um, I was I remember vividly in front of their door holding hands with the whole family and just praying over them tears in his eyes encountering God not long after that the whole family came into our church the very first Sunday they came, the whole family walked down to give their life to Jesus. Come on, church. And so in just a few moments, we've got the whole family here and they're going to come in front of all of you as a personal declaration, a going public of the fact that their whole family has been changed and received Jesus. Come on, church. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I, I-, I just pray for every person here, Lord. And I know there's there, there, there could be people here that don't know you. And just like you did for me years ago when you drew me, in the midst of me running as far and fast as I could from you, you were drawing me still. Lord, I'm asking, and, and I know you're drawing hearts right now in this room. There are people in here who, if they were honest with themselves, They need you right now. They need to make a a dedication, a commitment to place their faith in Jesus Christ. And I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, be released into this room to begin to work on every heart. Every heart in this room, all over the place. And right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, Heads bowed, eyes closed. Listen, if there's someone in this room and you say, man, I, I'm, I, I just need to make it real. I need to make a public decision for Jesus. I want to personally pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want you to slip your hand up right now. Slip your hand up. I'm ready. For the first time ever, I want to make a public decision for Jesus. I want to give Jesus my life. Anyone at all? I see your hand. Anyone else? I feel like there's one more in the room. It's, today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off until tomorrow. He's knocking on your door. All you have to do is let him in. And you can put your hand down. I want you to pray with me and maybe those who are watching. People watch from all over the place. We've had people give their life to Jesus in other states by watching our videos. And so I want us to pray this prayer together because Jesus said, really, it's simple. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. So church, I want you to pray with me. I want all of us just to pray this together. And some, for some of us, it's just a reminder of the moment we were saved. Well, let's say this together. Say, God, I believe that Jesus died for me. And on the third day, was raised from the dead and right now i'm asking you to forgive me of my sins to wash me to cleanse me and to fill me with your spirit and i'm going to live for you for all of eternity in jesus name amen and amen